kids like you Maker of heaven Lord of the land And Lord of the sea Holy and true Faithful and able Lord of all time And eternity God bless you, precious child of God. Thank you for um, joining me in this a component of 20 in 2020. This is now week 5 and we are studying the astounding possibilities of the indwelling, the fact, the reality. This is not a myth and this is not figurative. The fact that God lives inside his children. This is the greatest blessing of redemption. It is the mind-boggling reality of the indwelling of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and God the Father himself uh, inside the believer. And now in week 5, we are dealing with uh, chapter 4 of the book, which is the three dimensions of God's presence. The three dimensions of the presence of God. Now, you see, um, the, the presence of God is a major subject, especially for people that really want to experience Christianity, not theories. I am no longer interested in theories. I want the things that I read in scripture to happen and manifest in and through my life. God has never changed. The word of God is true. We accept it as so. So we are hungry to experience what the original uh, 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 you know, people that put their faith in Christ experience. Because God has never changed. You know, why, should, why should our generation you know, be bereft of his mighty works and of his manifestations? And the key to that is the presence of God. And um, the first thing the book helps us to understand is that, you see, God is everywhere, but apart from omnipresence, you see indications in scripture of several other aspects of the presence of God. Um, I'll give you a few examples. The Bible speaks about God coming and going. God came. In fact, in the book of Habakkuk, chapter 3, verse 3, it said, God came from Teman and the Holy One from Mount Peran. So how can a God who is already everywhere, how can he be coming and going? Because if he's already everywhere, <laughs> he shouldn't need to come or go anywhere. But you see, what we are dealing with here is the fact that while the Bible clearly teaches omnipresence, which is that God is everywhere. We read that in places like Psalm 139. Say, if I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, you are there. If I go to the uttermost ends, even there you are going to still find, I will still find you. Now, apart from that fact that God is everywhere, the Bible also clearly teaches what several uh, leaders and theologians call the manifest presence of God. The manifest presence of God. So you will hear the Bible say things like God was in a certain place. God was with a certain person. You know, for example... Uh, Jacob said, God was there. I did not know. In Genesis chapter 28, when he was running away from his brother Esau, um, uh, the Bible says the presence of God filled the temple. Does it mean, what about the streets? What about the rest of the city? It just gives you an idea of the manifest presence of Almighty God and the fact that there are dimensions of God's presence. The truth actually is that God never intended his children or his people to relate with him from an abstract sense of omnipresence. Okay, well, God is everywhere. 
No, no, that's, that reality is there, but God wants all of his children to relate with him from the reality of his manifest presence. When his presence is not some story, it's not a theory, but it is manifest, manifested in their lives, through their lives, where they are located, in what they are doing, every day, all their lives. That is the plan of the New Testament. And that's even from the Old Testament. We find that with the children of Israel. You see, the fact that God was with Israel was not a story. We are going to encounter that shortly. But so there are three dimensions of the presence of God that we find in Scripture. Now, this is apart from being in the presence of God in heaven itself, you know, right in the throne room. That is the ultimate. But until we get to that place, there are three dimensions of the presence of God available to God's people on this side of eternity. And the first one is God for us. God for us. You see, and notice it's a progression. I call it an amazing progression. God for us. The Bible says that God is for us. In Psalm 56 and verse 9, David declared, he said, Then my enemies will turn back when I cry out to you. He said, This I know because God is for me. God is for me. And of course, in Romans chapter 8 and verse 31, we remember the Bible says, If God is for us, who can be against us? Now, this would be enough if it was all that we had going for us. God for us. But you see, the Bible now begins to talk about a second dimension, which is God with us. God with us. In Psalm 46 and verse 7, it says, The Lord Almighty is with, with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So you see, God does much, much more than just be for us. He is with us. And there are two different things. Remember we encountered the subject of prepositions at the beginning of this study. With and for and in and beside and around and on top of, they are all very different things. God is for us and now we see that God is with us. You see, God is with us is far more precious than God simply being for us. Moses understood this thing. That's why when God told Moses that I am not, I'm not going with you guys, you people, you are stiff-necked. You know, when the children of Israel disobeyed God, God said, I'm not going with you. And Moses was crying out and said, God, please, if your presence does not go with us, do not move us forward from here. How will we be distinguished? How am I going to be distinguished? We are your people from all the other people of the face of the earth. So you see, Moses knew that the presence of God with his people was the distinguishing factor that will set his people separate and above all the other peoples of the earth. Moses knew that. It was the presence. So, but God had told him, he said, my presence will go with you, I will give you rest. Huh? And then Moses said, look, if you don't go with us, let's cancel this journey, I'm not going anywhere. A lot of believers are content to continue traveling through life without experiencing the manifest presence of God. I pray that you will, you will not be like that. I pray that you, God will not be abstract and theoretical to you. Don't be satisfied with the God that the man of God knows or that the God that your denomination knows. I hear a lot of Christians now calling on the God of so-so-and-so person, the God of so-so-and-so. I don't understand. Where is your own God? Huh? Or do you think that that person has a closer relationship with the Father God than you, his child? The only God that we know about is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The rest of us are brothers with all respect to every great man of God. 
So to be calling on the God of something, 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 the God of so-and-so person, the God of so-and-so place, it is suggesting that you yourself don't have a relationship with that God and you are connecting with somebody else who does. And that's what Jesus has done for us. So we call on the God of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He's more than enough. But the truth is that God designed that his presence will be available to all of his children. And that is your heritage in Christ. That is your heritage in Christ. Don't ever forget that God designed you to carry and bear and manifest his presence. And so Moses knew that if God will not travel with them on this trip, then there was no point going because the presence of God was very important. But, but you see the point, when God was moving with Israel, it was not a story. The presence of God was manifest, clearly manifest. The Bible tells us that the pillar of cloud was there by day and by night, the pillar of fire was there. So the presence of God was, was clear. Every Israelite could see that God was in the camp. And it made it possible for them to travel both by day and by night because of that presence. And you know, the presence of God, you know, the Bible says in um, Exodus chapter 13, 21 to 22, it says, by day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or by night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people throughout all their journeys. Can you imagine that throughout the time the children of Israel were in the wilderness, the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night, they were present. These were manifest signs of God's current actual presence with his people. And that presence made it possible for them to travel both by day and by night. See what is going on here. You see, in the desert, temperatures plummet. Temperatures vary very widely. It goes from very hot, sometimes up to 50 degrees or more, and then it plummets. It comes down to zero and minus that in the night. So how we are these uh, 3 million plus Jews thereabouts, how are they going to travel through this terrible wilderness? The presence of God was the key. The pillar of cloud provided shade over them by day. And in the night, the pillar of fire provided both light and warmth, and they could travel. Do you know that the presence of God with a believer enables you to make progress in destiny, by day or by night? Even in the darkest night of the soul, the most dangerous times and the times of greatest trial of your life, by virtue of the presence of God, you will be making progress. Look at Joseph. Do you know that while he was in the prison, in the presence of, by the presence of God, he was making progress towards the destiny that God had for him? That's what the presence of God does in somebody's life. Those who don't carry that presence, they cannot travel through the wilderness because the resources we need for our victory in the wilderness are resident in his presence. And you see, it's possible for God to be for you and not be with you. This is a very important distinction. God told the children of Israel, he told Moses, he said, look, I, I am for you. I will solve your problems. I'm going to send my angel. My angel will drive out those inhabitants, but I will not travel with you. So God was saying, I will fight for you. I will send my angel. I will give, fulfill the promise, but I will not go with you. And Moses realized that, ah, 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 no, I don't want a promised land that you will give me without your presence inside. I don't want to inherit something that you are not inside. And he pleaded for the presence of God. But you see, there was even something more serious. There was something more serious. 
that God had in store for us. And that is the ultimate. That is the indwelling. And that is the fact that God is in us. So, you see the plan now. The progression is that God for us, then you have God with us, and now you have God in, inside. And don't, don't think that the Bible doesn't understand what it means by in. Because that's exactly what it meant. So, you see, see the miracle here. Remember that Emmanuel is, is, is the name of Jesus Christ. And Emmanuel means God with us. So, here is the miracle. God for us sent God with us. So that God can be in us. I'm going to say that one more time. You see, because God is for us, he sent God with us. That is Emmanuel now. That is Jesus, his son. To prepare our hearts so that God can be inside us. This is the miracle of the indwelling. This is the massive miracle of the indwelling presence of Almighty God. That God will not just be for us. God will not just be with us. But that God will make us his holy headquarters. He will live inside us. And then from inside us, he will fulfill his will on earth. He will drive his purpose. He will advance his agenda. Hallelujah. This is, this is amazing. That the one that died for us and was raised up for us has now taken up residence inside us. The eternal, omnipotent creator of heaven and earth is not only for us, he will never leave nor forsake us. He is not only with us, but is now inside us. So God is on our side. God is by our side. And now God is inside. Hallelujah. This is the miracle. This is the miracle of the indwelling. And my prayer for you is that you begin to insist on maximizing this possibility. As we continue to study, you are going to see this established. That God is inside. God said, I will walk in them. I will dwell in them. He said, Christ in you, the, the hope of glory. He said, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. The Bible says, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit is with you now. He was talking to the apostles in John 14, 17. He said, the Holy Spirit is with you now, but that same Holy Spirit that is with you is going to enter into you. This is, this is astounding. He said, you are of God, little children, and you have overcome them. Why? He said, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. This is the miracle of the indwelling. So you see that the three dimensions of the presence of God all belong to the believer. And we are called to maximize them. Eternal Father, take away the veil from our eyes and help us to see the astounding possibilities of your actual present current presence inside our hearts. Lord, that we will be your holy headquarters. You are accommodation, O oh God, on planet Earth, carrying you and carrying your life and your power to our generation in the name of Jesus Christ. My brother, my dear sister, insist on maximizing this truth. If you stand on scripture, scripture will stand for you. But if we read these things and we pass, it shows that we don't believe them. And the more we believe his indwelling presence, the more we will experience his manifest presence in Jesus' name. Amen. So, remember to uh, encourage others to join this journey and don't forget to get your own copy of the book The Indwelling so that you can study these matters in detail and use the book in some Bible study group in church and, and let's enjoy the maximum potentials of the indwelling one. Like God bless you. Maker of heaven Lord of the land and Lord of
of the sea.